Hi everyone, this is Tony Tonkin. Thanks for listening to the Kids Matter podcast. If you like these podcasts and wish to support us in the work we are doing, then I invite you to log in to patreon.com slash childprotectionparty and support us for as little as $1 a month. Also, share our podcast with your friends and associates so we can reach more people and have more people connecting with us so we can improve outcomes for kids. This is a movement and you are an important part of it. Hi there everyone and welcome to Kids Matter. Great having you with us here on this particular podcast which talks about everything in relation to children and how we must care for and cherish the kids that are not just here right now but those that will be here in the future and how we can ensure that we have a better environment for them to live in. Recently, one of the things I've been considering is a question that I'm often asked, which is really about how can we guarantee that our children who have been taken from us uh, can be returned to us? So I was like, what does it take? What sort of metric is required? in order to assess whether a child can be returned under any sort of circumstance, I guess. And I was thinking about two particular cases that I've worked with over the years that are starkly different with completely different results. And I'll speak at the end of this about why this is important. But basically, (coughs) the first person, well, I'll, I'll call her Jane, And uh, so Jane is a young mum, had her first child at the age of 16. By the time I finished working with her, I think she's had four children. Um, At the time I was working with her, she had three. While I was working with her, she was pregnant with another one and had that during that that period that we were working together. And uh, Jane... uh, escaped from her home. She didn't come from a terribly abusive family. I actually knew her mother relatively well. and uh, But she was rebellious and she ran away from her home when she was about 14 and stayed with an elder sister who was into drugs and, of course, introduced Jane to those drugs. Now, the interesting thing about Jane was that she had a number of relationships along the way. They were all abusive and violent. She herself was well into the drug scene and uh, her house was unkept. She wasn't caring for the kids and that the department, rightfully so, uh, came in and removed these children and gave them to her, her mother. So the grandmother of the children became the kinship carer and... Uh, and from that moment on it just seemed like any other case now I wouldn't say Jane was particularly articulate and I wouldn't say that she bubbled over with enthusiasm in terms of finding ways to address the issues that she was confronted with however she was able to give up the drugs And uh, she was able to, miraculously, whenever she needed to move home, she often found a home that was better than the one that she was previously living in. 
She just had this knack of finding accommodation that was probably better than most of people that were in her situation. And she <coughs> she she didn't ever really, in a way, address, I don't think, any of the, the primary issues, even though she did cease to take drugs. But her relationships um, were often with violent and abusive men. Uh, she always seemed to want to have a man in her life. It always seemed to be important to her. Um, she enjoyed partying. She enjoyed being out with certain friends. And life generally was pretty good for her. So she had a fight in order to get her kids back. And uh, she <coughs> obviously challenged the notion that the children were going to be taken from her forever. And... Uh, one of the issues around that was based on the fact that um, the department were determined um, to never return her children to her because they believed that she hadn't changed considerably enough in order for that to happen. However, her mother, the carer, had after a couple of years of looking after these kids decided that enough was enough, that it was costing her more money than what they were earning. She had to give up her job, her partner. Um, his job was uncertain and uh, that they were going backwards as a result of having these kids and the kids would have had to have been moved on and placed somewhere else. And eventually, I think that eventually happened, um, and the kids for a short period of time were placed in foster care. Now, during that time, uh, the department were more and more adamant that the parent wasn't the right person to be looking after. So Jane wasn't the right person to be looking after the, her kids, and eventually um, this went back to court. And uh, I, I went as a witness for Jane, and I spoke the truth about who she was and the work that she'd done and that uh, I believed, even though she wasn't perhaps the greatest mother on this planet, that at least she needed to have the opportunity to have her children with her. She spoke for herself while in court and by all accounts did a pretty good job. She advocated for herself. She told the judge what it is she was doing and where she was heading in the future and he accepted her explanation and my explanation and he awarded her a further 12-month order with the view to having the children reunified. And so that is exactly what happened. Except the department were as determined as ever to put up as many barriers as they could to make it as difficult as they could for her to have the children finally return to her. Uh, there were a few sessions we had with the department where I certainly had to confront them over their behaviour and the fact that they were setting her up to fail and that they were disappointed because they didn't get their GOM 18 order, they only got a 12-month order, and that reunification was taking place with a organisation who specialises in reunification, and that went well. The result being that at the end of the day, um, the kids, I think, were pretty unsettled in their foster placement. They certainly wanted to come home, and the department acquiesced and allowed the children to return to their home. Now, I don't think that... So I've had many cases where they are worse than Jane's 
um, and certainly the kids have not been returned and I've had cases where the parent certainly responded differently to the way Jane responded um, and they were not returned to them. So when I look at Jane and wonder, well, what happened in that particular case that caused the, the, the judge, who eventually makes the final decision anyway as to what happens to these kids, what happened in that particular case that made a difference? And my assessment basically is that the difference came about because Jane was convincing and the judge accepted her explanation of where she had come from and the changes that she had made in her life. And there's no dispute in the fact that she needed an opportunity. Things hadn't been good for her since her adolescence and, uh, and that she had indicated at least that she was no longer taking drugs. There's plenty of evidence to prove that. And I guess he believed that she needed a chance and she got it, which was fabulous. The second case, we'll call her Julie, and um, Julie was a client that I met, it was in summer, it was January, um, she had called us to see if we could have a conversation with her about what had been happening for her, because she just had her two children removed, and her, who were young, and her daughter, who was 17 I think at the time, she just had a child removed from her as well. When I first met Julie, um, it was evident that drugs were a primary part of her life. Um, she looked terrible. The house in which I met her was strewn with clothes and toys, and it was, in fact, it was hard to find a seat. It was terrible conditions. It was, a sh it was shocking. In fact. I guess when I look at Julie, I think, well, this is the worst of the worst cases. This is probably one of those cases that you just, no matter what you do, you're not going to win. And it isn't that I gave up on Julie. I left her with the option to contact me when um, she felt it was appropriate. Now, I didn't hear from her for nearly 12 months, and suddenly out of the blue, I get a phone call from her saying that everything has changed and she'd like to reconnect because she's having meetings with the department and they're really unhelpful. So I thought, well, I'll meet with her. Well, it was like seeing a person anew. The person that I was now meeting with was nothing like the person I had met 12 months ago. She clearly had dispensed with the drugs. Her skin condition had improved. Um, she... Because of the drug taking, um, she was missing all her teeth, uh, which was an unattractive appearance, to say the least. Um, but my conversations with her were far more involved and intense. Um, I really liked Julie. She was um, intelligent. Uh, she was creative. She showed me at one point a room she'd set up for her two kids, which was the most beautiful beautiful room you could ever imagine it was um, it was like a dream it was like you know most kids would love to live in this room it was fabulous it was artistically designed she didn't have much money she was unemployed um, she hasn't been having any relationships she was in a relationship with a guy who was involved in a bikey gang uh, 
um, and so on. And anyway, she asked me to come along to some of her meetings with the department. Now, remembering this is a very intelligent woman and very challenging uh, because she would be asking questions of the department that they just were unable to answer. And she was confronting them all the time, particularly about the care arrangements for one of her children, which was with a paternal grandparent. And, uh, and she was unhappy with that because her ex was continually staying or living with these paternal grandparents and was able to see the children, or the child in this case, on more occasions than what she was. And, uh, and she was confronting about this and saw it as being wrong and that it was a great injustice and so on. Um, and I had to say to her at one point, look, you, know, you can't keep arguing with the department about these issues. It's just not getting us anywhere. You need to focus on what you need to focus on. You need to make sure that you remain off the drugs. You need to perhaps go and get yourself a job. Um, you need to do a whole host of things. She was fabulous. Um, of all the clients I've worked with over the years, this is the most one of the most amazing women I've ever met when I compare the first meeting I had with her to now. And the reason for that is that she was able to not only not return to drugs, she um, was applied for a job working for an NGO, um, and I won't go into the details there because that will reveal who it is, and then from there she went on and she started to run a circle of security courses, parenting courses in general, uh, domestic violence courses and a whole host of other things she ran for this NGO. She was so determined to get a job and particularly get a job in that field that she applied for a working with children's check and she was rejected three times and on the third time she chose to go and see them and sit down with them and talk to them about what it is she wanted to do with her life and where she was heading. And she was able to explain to them that you know, she, the reason why she was rejected because her kids were in care, but, you know, she, she was a changed woman and these things that she was doing that she, were improving her life. And whoever she met with could see that this woman was proving to be different. And as a result of that, she got her working with children's check, even though her kids were in care and the department were adamant that she was never going to have access to these kids full-time ever again. Now, she went off, and because she had work and she knew how to save money, she decided to get a solicitor, a barrister. So she got a solicitor and he, he employed a barrister to apply to have the orders changed so that the kids wouldn't go to a long-term order. Now, when I take Jane's situation, um, she had a, a lawyer who was relatively new out, I guess. He was a damn good lawyer. We still use him to this day. But he um, he obviously didn't have the skill set of a barrister or, or someone of that calibre. And yet, in that system instance, Jane got her children back. But no matter what Judy did, she wasn't going to get her kids back. She had the best possible lawyers you could buy. She was a changed woman. She's fabulous. Um, 
I can't speak more highly of her than that. Um, but she did not have her kids returned to her and she lost that case. So when I look at, you know, what does make a good case and what makes, what are the ingredients that are required in order to get your kids back, I actually don't have an answer. I can't work out what it is that one did that the other didn't. One, one certainly, I mean, Julie certainly deserved to have her kids back. Jane, there's always some doubt. But Julie, she deserved it. She had done the work, the genuine work. She'd changed her life. She had a, got a good job. She's good at what she does. She's intelligent. She's smart. Not that that should be the, the primary reason why a kid gets their good, their, why the person gets good back, their kids back. But the point is that she's a fabulous role model, fantastic role model for her kids. Yet the department were determined not to return them to her. And that is one of the saddest things, I think, about doing this work is that you see somebody like her who is, is so um, determined to make a difference and nothing happens that should have happened for her and she would have been great for those kids. And the other one who was more interested in partying and having a good time and hanging out with guys than she was anything else. You know, one offered something of value to her children. The other one wasn't terrible mum, but certainly no near, near as good a person in terms of parenting as was Julie. So what's the difference? I don't know. Is it frustrating? Yes, it is. Particularly when you have a range of people who you know may not be the best parents in the world, but they certainly don't need to be separated from their kids forever. And one wonders the damage that the department and being in foster care or kinship care or risky care will do to the kids is far greater than whatever the parent may potentially do. Um, so one wonders why that happens. And one hopes that somewhere along the line somebody may see that some of these people, like Julie in particular, need to have the opportunity to have their kids return to them and simply say to the court, now's the time. Let's return those kids, regardless of the attachment they have with whoever is their foster parent. Let's just return them and let them have the life that they deserve to have with the mother that is caring and nurturing. Let's make their life better because that's what it's all about. So thanks for being part of this podcast on Kids Matter and I hope you subscribe to these podcasts and that if you've got any comments to make, you make them below wherever you're finding this podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for being with me. Take care and be safe.